Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Good news. It's Christmas time. Isn't that awesome? I know. I think we all have had times throughout this year we wondered if we'd ever make it here. I mean, so this is a wonderful time of the year. I know that for many people, we're looking forward to celebrating this and really making it a great Christmas. And um, I, I truly believe to, to make it one of the best, and I, I believe that this year could be one of the best Christmases that we've ever had before for you individually, for your family. And for that to happen, though, we have to really understand the secret of Christmas, and that the secret of Christmas is all about our response. In, in other words, to, to truly understand Christmas is to understand that it requires a complete life surrender from us because of what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And so this morning, what I'd like to do is take a look at really the first beautiful faith response story account that we have in the New Testament, and that is Mary, the mother of Jesus. It's found in Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 26. I want us to take a look at this, and as we go through it, just make note of the way in which Mary responds to this unbelievable invitation that God is giving her through this angel. So let's take a look at it together. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in, Ga in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus he will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Great question, all right? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So here's the first question I think we need to ask. Why would uh, uh, Luke, Luke's gospel, why would Luke focus so much on Mary's response? And the answer to that is, her response has become really a model for what responsive faith looks like. Her response really kind of sets an example for all of us of how we're to respond to God when he begins to move in our life, when he begins to convict us, when he begins to lead us in our life. So what I'd like to do is take the next few minutes and take a look at how did Mary respond? Like what were the nuances of it and how we could kind of get a takeaway for our life personally today, how we can begin to apply this to our own life. 
So when we start looking at the responsive faith of Mary, first thing we notice is that she responds thoughtfully. Now back up in verse 29, we're told that Mary was greatly troubled and that she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. When she hears the angels, like she's sort of freaking out. So I want us to take a look at this word wondered right here. The word wondered literally is an accounting term that means to take an audit, to audit, to weigh what's being said, to add things up and try to make sense of it. In other words, she's trying to like, how could this be? This doesn't make sense to me. It's a word that means to be intensely rational. Now, this might be kind of shocking to you and I because this word really goes against the way a lot of people read accounts like this of people who lived 2,000 years ago. We tend to think, well, somebody lived 2,000 years ago. I mean, they had a much lower IQ, Will. They just weren't very smart. Well, maybe they didn't know how to work an iPhone, but they were still human beings living in the world, dealing with relational issues just like you and I. And we've been kind of trained by our culture not to believe in the supernatural. So when you hear a story like this, it's challenging. It's like, I don't know. I mean, that just that, that seems hard to believe. But you need to understand that in Mary's day, growing up as a teenage Jewish girl in the Jewish culture, she would have been taught something very similar. She would have been taught that God would never, hear me, never come to earth as a human being. That would never happen. Yet, right here in front of her, what she was experiencing, all of the evidence that was happening, that she could see, hear, touch, feel, all, all that was happening with this angel, right in that moment, contradicted all of her preconceived notions about God and what she'd been told. So she could either hold on to the preconceived notions and say, no, I'm not gonna trust what's happening, or, and this is what she did, let go of those and lay hold of real faith and be willing to move forward. Really, this incredible story, this incredible account that was recorded by Luke, inspired by God to write, really shows us, and this is reiterated all throughout the New Testament, is that doubt can be a powerful force for good when doubt is attached to an open mind and an open heart to the truth of God. When we say, God, show me your truth, <laughs> I do not understand, and I doubt, and I don't understand how this is going to work out. I don't really get it, but she was willing to move forward anyway, even though I don't know how this is going to turn out, and even though this contradicts my preconceived notions of how I thought my life would turn out and what I thought God was. Have you ever had a moment like that where things are just not turning out like you thought? And it is real easy then to get you to let go of your faith and say, I'll figure this out all on my own. But in that moment, Mary is a beautiful picture of responsive faith because she says, may your word to me be fulfilled. May your word to me be fulfilled. In other words, I don't understand all of this, but I will follow. I don't understand all this, but I will follow. To put it another way, don't wait until everything pans out to say yes to God. Let me just ask you right now, in your life, now you may be not having angels visit you, but I bet somewhere in your life, you are waiting for things to pan out before you say yes to God. You're waiting for something. You're waiting for something to happen relationally. You're waiting for something to happen financially, waiting for something in your career. You're waiting. What are you waiting on? 
Is there some area of your life where God has already made it clear what the next step is, but you have been continued to wait, make excuses, I'm not ready, I can't move forward, I don't fully understand, and God, until you answer all my questions, no, I'm not gonna move forward. That's not what Mary did. She was willing to move forward even though she did not understand. May your word to me be fulfilled. I am the Lord's servant, she says. Even when it comes to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We do not fully understand it, even when we think we do. This idea of God coming to earth to save mankind. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, the Son of God became a man to enable men to become sons of God. Who can understand such a thing? And he was saying in a poetic way that God came in the form of Jesus, so that all people, men and women, can become sons and daughters of the Most High. I love that. It, it boggles the mind. I love how Tim Keller, the great writer and pastor, he, how he put it. He says, if you have never stood and looked at the gospel and found it ridiculous, impossible, inconceivable, I feel like Princess Bride when I say that, okay, inconceivable, I don't think you have really understood it. Isn't that great? Like, you, it is mind-blowing what God was willing to do for you and I. Think about the story that God comes to this unwed teenage mother, right? That she, or unwed teenage girl, and he's going to have her be impregnated and bring this baby into the world and potentially losing the respect and love of her parents, her whole family, to lose the respect and love of the man of her life, that she's her fiance, Joseph, that she's looking forward to marrying. She could lose him and lose the respect and, and the reputation of her entire community that she'd grown up in, and everybody to misunderstand that. I mean, it just, just takes a couple of people that you tell when they say, oh, who, who's the daddy? And, they, and she says, oh, it's God. <laughs> I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, sure you are. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, like every other teenage girl that had a baby. Like, yeah, we're all pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Right, 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 right. Yeah, like, so nobody's going to believe her, right? She's going to lose. That's all she can think of, probably. I'm going to lose a lot. Everything's at stake here. And, and in that day, if she were to be kicked out of her home, which was very likely she could have been, and, and rejected by her future husband, which is very likely she could have been, by law, they had all legal rights to do these things. Her only two options would be beg for the rest of her life on the street or be a prostitute. That was it. And she's thinking about this, right? Like this is all going through her mind. And when she asks the angel, what does he say to her? that God's word will not fail. God's word, and history proves him right. That God swooped in and used that moment that was just inconceivable by us. It seemed crazy, ridiculous, impossible. How could God do this? But he did. That he came to earth through this girl. And here's what's beautiful about this picture of Jesus coming as a, as a baby born by the Holy Spirit in Mary is that God continues to do that right down to this day. You think about it. When someone becomes a Christian, when they open themselves up and they say, Lord, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. 
I trust in you, God. I place my faith in you. And they become a Christian. We are told that the Spirit of God is birthed within them. I love this line from Oh, little town of Bethlehem. If you like Christmas carols, I think you might like this. Oh, holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. It's a picture of what God did through Mary. Every time someone becomes a follower of Jesus Christ, she had thoughtful response in faith to God, but it didn't stop there. She also responded in willing surrender, in willing surrender. The other statement she made is, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. In other words, I fully surrender to you, God. I surrender my, my, my need to know the future, my need to have all my questions answered, my need to have to let everything pan out before I say yes to you. I'm surrendering all of that. Now think about it. She, she wasn't left without an option. She wasn't being coerced here. It wasn't like God says, you say yes or else. She could have said no. She could have said, no, 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 there's no way. I'm not doing this. Forget it. But this teenage girl had the wisdom, the spiritual depth. May we all have what she had. God picked the right person, right? It's a phenomenal, the level of depth that she had, her faith in God to say yes in that moment and be willing to say to her creator, I will do whatever you require. I will do whatever you want. As creation to creator, you call the shots and I don't. I will follow you. If we take these two statements that she gives us right at the end of this conversation with the angel, may your word to me be fulfilled and I am the Lord's servant. And we turn them into questions, probing questions. I hope they kind of haunt you a little bit. They have me this week as I've wrestled with them. I want to give you a couple of statements that I want you to think about in terms of your own faith. And maybe you've been a Christian for years, but these ought to probe you a little deeper to say, are you trusting God? Are you obeying him? Let's take a look at these together. First, are you willing to obey anything the Bible clearly says to do, whether you like it or not? May your word to me be fulfilled. May your word be to me fulfilled, even if I don't like it, even if I don't get it, even if I don't understand it. Are, are you willing to follow? This is the kind of faith that she had. And the second statement, I am the Lord's servant. Are you willing to trust God in anything, that anything that he sends into your life? whether you understand it or not. Jesus, I trust you. I trust you. This year, 2020, has been a year of are you willing to trust God in anything he sends into your life? Are you willing to trust him with whatever circumstances come your way, right? That he will work out his good. Two different times the angel tells uh, Mary, you have favor with God. You are highly favored that even through trouble, even through this invitation I'm about to give you that's going to bring trouble into your life, God will work it in your favor. And that's exactly what he did. Phenomenal faith. And look at us. We're still talking about her today. Thousands of years later, we're still talking about her. All over the world, they know who Mary is. Why? Because she said yes on this critical day when she could have said no. She said yes, and it changed the world. And my challenge to you today 
is to think about these questions. And if you cannot answer these two questions in the affirmative, then I would say to you that you may believe in Jesus, but you have not yet come to him and said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And I just want to challenge you today that you'd be willing to say yes and you would take a step towards him and trust him with an area of your life that you have not yet trusted him with or maybe it's one that you've got, it's a reoccurring. Daily you wake up and say, again today, God, I trust you with this. Again today, I trust you with these children. I trust you with this uncertain future. I trust you with our financial situation. I trust you with this business. I trust you with this you know, tumultuous relationship with my family, with my parents, with my kids that that, that troubled kid in your life that you just worry about all the time, you're willing to trust him with it. Let me share an example with you that I, it really helped me recently. I came across. It starts with kind of understanding the cosmos around us. If you think about the distance between the earth and the sun, it's 93 million miles. If we took that distance of 93 million miles and we shrunk it down to the width of a piece of paper like this, Right? And then we looked at the distance between the earth and the nearest star to us, that this width of 93 million miles, if we took that distance between us and that star, it would be a stack of papers like this, 70 feet high. So about three to four times as tall, taller than our building here, right? Really tall. And then we took the distance across the Milky Way galaxy of which we are a part, it would be a stack of papers like this, each representing 93 million miles, a stack of papers like this, 300 miles high. Now keep this in mind. There are more galaxies, there are more galaxies in the known universe than there are dust of specks of dust in, in the air. There are more galaxies in the known universe than there are grains of sand on the seashore and in all of the deserts of the world. They are un countable. They are beyond what we can enumerate. And if Hebrews 1.3, what it promised to us there, it, it tells us that Jesus, who was there from the creation of all things, that he literally holds all of this together through the power of his word. That being true about Jesus, how, yet, how then should we respond to Jesus Christ? Is this the kind of person that we invite to be our assistant, our consultant in this life? Or is this the person that we completely surrender our entire life to him as supreme Lord of all? He holds it all together. But we freak out about our little world, right? But he is ready to take care of that. He can be trusted. He is the God of this moment and your moments as well. And in the same way that Mary became involved in God's plan by her level of trust, this is the same way that people become Christians today through that same kind of faith. This is the same way that those who are Christians take a next step to be involved in the plans of God right down to this moment in time with that same kind of simple faith that may your word be to me fulfilled. I am the Lord's servant. It is not a negotiation with God. It is not just a next step in your, a self-help step, you know, to living 
a full and better life. No, it's not. That's not what salvation is. It is a wholehearted surrender. It's not a guarantee that you won't go through trouble, but it is a guarantee that when you go through trouble, God will work it for your favor if you trust him with it through that time. But what we are shown throughout Scripture, through Mary's story and so many others, is that do not underestimate the power of God when he comes and says, it's time to take a next step. It's time to trust me with what is next for you. And it's scary, I know. It's going to push you out of your comfort zone. It's going to force you to be and to do and to try and to trust on a level that you have never trusted before. But if you're willing to do that, God will use you like never before. And as the angel said, the word of the Lord will never fail. And I love this, this parallel that I found this week, actually, between Mary's response to the angel and something that Jesus said right before the cross. Now, if we go back to Luke chapter 1, verse 38, and we're looking at it from the King James. We don't often do that, but I, want to, I love the beauty of how it's put here. Be it unto me according to thy word. Be it unto me according to that word, Mary says. Now, notice the parallel between what she said here and what Jesus prayed some 33 years later right before the cross when he's praying to his Father in heaven and he says this, yet not as I will, but as you will. You see the beautiful parallel between that? Be it unto me according to thy word, yet not as I will, but as you will. God, what you want over what I want. What you say, I want to do. And Jesus was 100% on board with what God wanted. He is what's God in the flesh, is God in the flesh. But he knew that when he said yes, he would be sacrificing everything. He would be giving everything in order to gain salvation for us. He knew that when he said yes, that he would be plunged into the infinite depths of darkness and hell so that he could accomplish infinite redemption for us all on earth. He knew that, and he was willing to say yes anyway. What a beautiful echoing to a much grander scale of this simple faith of this little Jewish girl some 33 years prior when she says yes and Jesus echoes that same incredible faith, responsive faith right before the cross and God used that to change the world. Now here's the challenge that I want you to think about today. If this young teenage Jewish girl not knowing about the cross, not having the benefit of this incredible account of the gospel story available to her, to see God's faithfulness over and over and over. She didn't have this, but yet she was willing and had the ability to say yes to God. How much more do we have the ability to say yes to God today, knowing full well the story of the cross, this incredible gospel has unfolded and is available to us. It gives us strength. It gives us trust. It gives us a word that we can trust from God day in and day out. And I just want to challenge you today that you would be willing to respond to God in faith to whatever it is that is next for you. And maybe that's trusting God with a really difficult season you've been going through this year. I know for a lot of people, this has been a hard, hard year of isolation, 
feeling lonely, by yourself, maybe depression, etc., but being willing to invite God over and over into the middle of that, and don't become weary in doing good, and in due time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Please keep giving it over to him. Trust him again today. Trust him with your kids. Trust him with your future, your finances, your career, your parents, your family, whatever it is that's like weighing heavy on you. It's that thing that you're saying, Man, I hope this will pan out. And if it does, then I'll say yes, God. But he's saying, no, it's time to say yes today, to trust me today. And I want you to see that this kind of responsive faith, this is the secret of Christmas. This is what God requires of us. This is how we're to respond to the Christmas story. This was his plan from the very beginning, that we would come and trust him as Mary did, and so many others after her and before her. Here's the application prayer. I'm asking you to pray with me. I simply took the two questions from the two statements of Mary and turned them into a prayer. Jesus, I'm willing to obey anything the Bible clearly says to do. I trust you regardless of what comes into my life. Is there some part of the scripture that you have read and you're like, whoa, I'm just not ready for that yet? <sighs> That's scary. I'm going to have to give up some stuff. I'm going to have to change. I'm going to have to rearrange my life. I'm going to have to reorganize some things. Where has that happened for you? I mean, God's saying, it's time. Trust me. Take a step. I got you. It's going to be okay. I know you're scared to death. I know this has been hard. This has been a brutal year, but it's all happened to bring you to this moment so that you will trust me and you will step over the line and you would be willing to say, like, honestly, from your heart, as Mary did, May your word to me be fulfilled. I am the Lord's servant. Would you be willing to pray that today? That you're willing to trust him regardless of what comes into your life. That whatever it is you're facing right now, I trust you, God. Even though this feels like it's crushing me right now, I trust you. Paul tells us that these light and momentary troubles will develop for us an eternal glory if we will trust in him, 2 Corinthians. And I just want to encourage you today that you'd be willing to do that. Trust him. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.